Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. One day, Jesus opened up to his disciples and began to speak to them about the kingdom by way of parables. These parables seemed to be simple stories that conveyed basic aspects of the kingdom of God. But in truth, they are profound to the uttermost. And the truths that they convey are anything but simple. The rich and deep features of the kingdom of the heavens await any blessed one with eyes to see and ears to hear. Ron Kangas has joined us today as we look at the first of these great parables in Matthew chapter 13. Welcome to the program today, Ron. Good to be here as always. In chapter 12, obviously the preceding chapter, we have... The development, we may say, or the increased intensity of the rejection of the Lord Jesus until it reached the point that they accused him of casting out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of the demons. Then the Lord made it emphatically clear that he casts out demons by the Spirit of God, and in so doing, That meant that the kingdom of God was manifested there. I mention the kingdom of God because this was a great light in chapter 12, the two kingdoms, the satanic kingdom, the kingdom of God. And the religionists were totally rejecting the Lord who had come to bring the kingdom of the heavens to earth and to establish the kingdom for God's purpose. So at the end of chapter 12, the Lord is forsaking his natural relationship with the Jewish people, not permanently, but turning from them to the Gentiles. The apostles, especially Paul and Acts, followed the same pattern. They went to the Jews first, some received, most rejected, they turn to the Gentiles. So in chapter 13, the Lord physically is in a different location, geographically, by the sea, and he now is about to present a series of parables through which he will reveal the kingdom of God, but in a mysterious way. And as we will see, it is mysterious because it's divine, and it is mysterious because it is the kingdom of God as a realm of life. And this is the central idea that will govern these messages on the parables of the kingdom in Matthew 13. 
the, the Lord is presenting the kingdom as a realm of life produced in those that are open to the Lord and to his word. It is produced by the seed of the kingdom being sown into them. So this is a remarkable revelation, something contrary to the natural concept. The natural concept of the kingdom may not be wrong, but it's outward, it's objective, it's a matter of a realm where the king is ruling, and the Jews wanted the Lord to be their king, to reestablish the kingdom of Israel. But he did not come to do that in his earthly ministry. That will come later when he returns. Here he's establishing the kingdom in the way of life. This is what we need to see and what we need to listen for as we receive the ministry of Brother Lee on this matter. Thank you, Ron. That was very helpful. The disciples asked the Lord Jesus, Why do you speak these things in parables? And he said to them, So they won't understand, but you will. And we want to be in that category with some eyes and ears that have his touch and his anointing, that all of these marvelous aspects of the kingdom would be open to us. Let's join Witness Lee with our first portion today, Ron. When the Lord Jesus came, he came to uh, do a preliminary work for the establishment of the kingdom. In all his life, from his birth to his resurrection, the kingdom of the heavens still didn't come. What he did in his life was a preparation for the establishment of the kingdom of the heavens. In this preliminary work, the main thing is that the Lord Jesus came as a sword. He came to sow the seed. And what is the seed? The seed the Lord Jesus has sown is just himself as life into our humanity to make us the seed of the kingdom. These three things are just wrapped uh, together. Number one, the word of the kingdom. Number two, the sins of the children of the kingdom. And number three, Christ himself as the life within the seed. The seed really refers to these three things, the word of the kingdom, Christ himself as life, and we, the children of the kingdom. From where or by what or of what we have been made the sons of the kingdom just because of Christ being the living word of life sown into our being. Now, in this parable, we all have to see Christ came to establish the kingdom of the heavens, not by fighting, not by teaching, not by doing anything else, but by being a sower to sow himself as the seed of life into humanity into the believing human beings that 
the kingdom of the heavens may grow up. The establishment of the kingdom of the heavens is altogether a matter of growth in life. To establish the kingdom is to grow the kingdom. Well, Ron, this is a very unusual way to establish a kingdom. Most of us would consider that a kingdom is a governmental or administrative entity, yet what the Lord Jesus revealed here in these verses is that his way to establish the kingdom was as a sower, sowing himself as a seed. How do we explain this approach, Ron? Uh, Let's begin with something that we can all readily grasp. No doubt it's accurate to say that a kingdom is a realm where there's a ruler with authority carrying out his administration over the people under his rule. That is true of the kingdom of God as well in the objective aspect. But there's another aspect, and even in our human discourse, we may speak of the animal kingdom or the plant kingdom. Well, the animal kingdom, that's not a governmental sphere where some powerful animal is ruling over others. The animal kingdom is the totality of the animal life with all of its activities. So it's not strange to have the thought of connecting the words kingdom with life. This is the thought we need to grasp, the life aspect of the kingdom of God. Boy, Ron, it really requires a revelation. Of course, the disciples were not at all used to this kind of view. They were thinking maybe he would raise up an army to overthrow and take over the throne. All these kind of things are a very natural thought that we would have about the kingdom. But his way was decidedly different. Well, in the next section, Ron, Witness Lee is going to name a couple of saints in mainland China from early in the 20th century. And he's going to use them as examples related to this matter of sowing, as sowing the seed of the kingdom. These that are named are a sister in the Lord named Margaret Barber and also Brother Watchman Nee. This is a very interesting story, Ron, and it'd probably be a good idea to give the listeners a little bit of background about this relationship before we go on. Well, our sister in the Lord, Margaret Barber, was very burdened for China. And eventually, she returned there after an initial period of time. She returned there, actually not to do an outward work, but to pray and to minister life and truth to those that would seek her fellowship. And essentially, intrinsically, to sow herself as a seed so that the Lord may raise up his recovery in China in the way of life. Among a number of young believers that were gained while she was there was Brother Watchman Nee. And eventually, one by one, many ceased seeking her fellowship. But Brother Watchman Nee kept coming because he realized the measure of life and grace that was in this sister. 
And so through her fellowship with him, combined with his arduous pursuit of the truth in the word, his study of the truth through the history of Christian thought and the history of Christianity, and his own earnest love of the Lord and seeking of the Lord, he himself became constituted with the divine life, took the way of life, ministered life, and then he too became a seed sown according to this principle, sown into the soil of humanity to open the way for the Lord to propagate himself in the way of life. That was helpful, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee now with this part of a very interesting story. The kingdom is not by outward working, but by the inward growth. Today, many Christian workers think uh, the church is established by working. The church is built up by the work, the labor of certain preachers, certain Christian workers. No, the church could only be produced by someone sowing Christ as the seed into humanity. And this seed, as Christ himself, will grow within people, and this will grow the church. This seed of life, which is Christ himself, sown into humanity, will grow the church. The church is not something by work. The church is altogether a matter of life by the growth in life. And the kingdom is a matter of life. We don't trust in what we do. We don't trust much in what we work. Because we know the kingdom is a matter of life. And the church is a matter of growth in the life seed sowing in our humanity. So we trust very much in the growth of life. If you are going to the campus to do a work, you will mean nothing. Start to say this. You are going there not to do a work. You are going there to sow the seed. I was with Brother Nee for years in China. I saw that. I saw that he was not working there. And he was doing what? He was sowing. He was sowing Christ. He was sowing himself in Christ as a seed. And he all the time told me that Miss Amy Barber, that sister, came to China not to work. He, Rodney, told me that Sister Barber was there in China not working. All the time she was sowing, sowing Christ. He was sowing Christ. He was sowing herself in Christ. She was a seed sown by herself in that district. And eventually something grew out of that seed. Today is just something <laughs> that has grown out of the seed, sown by those two persons, Sister Barbara and Brother Nee. 
Well, Ron, I think it's good for us to stay on this primary point today, that the kingdom as revealed in this chapter is really a matter of life. As we've said before, this is a real revelation, and it takes revelation for God's people. I would say especially against the backdrop of modern religion today, where nearly all the emphasis seems to be on outward activities and outwardly gifted people. Ron, maybe you could compare a so-called gifted person using their gift or ability for the Lord with someone who sows themselves as a seed of the kingdom, such as Emmy Barber and Watchman Nee did in China. Uh, You were very kind, I would say, uh, gently, in pointing out this seems to be the prevailing situation in today's Christianity. I would go a step further and assert strongly it absolutely is the way. The emphasis is on educated, trained professionally, and gifted persons carrying out a work measured by certain criteria for its success. And the main emphasis is on the outward things. In no way do we deny or ignore the necessity of a practical work of preaching the gospel, of establishing churches, of perfecting the saints. But we need to see from God's point of view, based upon this ministry from Matthew 13, that the essence of God's way is not outward activity carried out by gifted persons. It is, his way is, the way of life. This is the way the Lord took. This is the way the apostles took. And this is the way that has been recovered through the ages, especially in the 20th century, through Brother Watchman Nee and Brother Witness Lee. And we are the beneficiaries of that. So we need to have this view from Matthew 13. The Lord's way to bring in the kingdom to establish the kingdom, including to produce the church and build up the church, is the way of Christ himself as life, imparted into us, growing in us, and maturing in us. We need enlightenment and unveiling to see this. The Lord himself said, I know he said it in Mark 4, Regarding this parable concerning the kingdom, he said, To you has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. This is the mystery. The mystery aspect is the life aspect. And the mystery aspect, the life aspect, is the crucial aspect. If the Lord's people do not see this and take this way, then no matter whatever outward work they do, Their life and their activity will not actually contribute to the carrying out of God's goal to reproduce Christ as the seed of the kingdom, to establish the kingdom by growing this seed within the believers. This is a very strong burden in this ministry and obviously the central thought 
in this particular program. Thank you, Ron. Now we want to look at the parable itself in this last section today. And this, of course, is the well-known story of the seed being scattered on four different types of soil. Some of the seeds fell on the wayside, some in the rocky places, some fell among thorns, and some fell on the good ground, the soft soil. And these alone were able to bring forth abundant fruit. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. This parable is so simple, but it's so fitting, and it is so deep, and it is so profound. It surely exposes the real situation within us. What is the situation of our heart in the presence of the heavenly king is fully exposed here. What you have within you, nothing but these few things, hardness by traffic, then the lust, hidden lust, the hidden self, the hidden flesh, then what? The anxiety of this age and the deceitfulness of money. These are the wayside, these are the rocks, and these are the thorns. Regardless what you are, as long as you are a wayside, as long as you have the rocks hidden within you, as long as you have the thorn choking, the kingdom couldn't grow there. In other words, the church couldn't grow there. For the church to grow, that is, the kingdom to grow, you must, what? Have a good heart. And the good heart is one which has no traffic, no rocks, no thorns, no hidden sin, no hidden lust, no hidden flesh, no hidden selfishness, and no hidden anxiety of this age, and no deceitfulness of money. This heart is one that is really pure, really pure to match the spirit. Such a heart is the good earth. Such a heart is the good soil that grows Christ. Christ at the seed of life could only grow here. Only this kind of good soil, this kind of pure heart can grow Christ. And only this kind of soil can grow the kingdom. How about us? Do we still have some traffic? Worldly traffic? Are we really poor in spirit and pure in heart? How about the hidden things? The rocks hidden deep within us. And how about the anxiety of this age? And how about the deceitfulness of money? Well, on the other hand, don't be discouraged. Nothing can stop God's economy. Digging out the hidden rocks. How I praise the Lord, no doubt, there are a number of good earth, good land, good soil, and the kingdom is growing, and the church is growing. Hallelujah. We are growing Christ, and we are growing the kingdom. Well, Ron, this wonderful, simple little story with these four categories of soil represents with incredible accuracy the complicated and difficult situation of man's heart, doesn't it? 
It clearly does. And when we hear an exposition of this based upon the Lord's own explanation, we should have the desire to turn to the Lord and open to the Lord and inquire of him, Lord, what is the condition of my heart? Lord, have mercy on me. Don't allow my heart to be the way that's so hard, the road, the pathway so hard, the seed cannot penetrate. Lord, don't let my heart be filled with stones, deep hidden things contrary to you that prevent the seed from taking root. Lord, don't allow my heart to be taken over by thorns, the desire for riches, the other things from this world that replace God. Lord, have mercy on me. Cause my heart to be the good soil. It is only in the good soil of an honest and sincere heart. Only in that soil can the seed of the kingdom grow to maturity. May the Lord have mercy on us and grant grace to all of us to seek him with such a heart for the sake of the kingdom of God. Ron, I think there's been some shining today for all of us. These things so vividly, almost visually, define our heart and the things that we know are there. It's very, very healthy to be opened up to the Lord in this kind of way. Thank you for being part of our program today. I'd like to recommend these life study messages for you. If you've been touched, if you've been shined upon, shined into by these messages today, or any of these points dealing with Matthew chapter 13, a critical chapter in the New Testament revelation, then we highly, highly recommend that you contact us about these life study messages. Let me give you our toll-free number and ask you again to call us, either for that or to just leave comments or questions. The number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. You can also read these Life Study messages online and listen to these programs at www.lsm.org. Please try to join us again as we continue in Matthew chapter 13 and the parables of the kingdom. For Ron Kangas today... I'm Matt Miller. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm. Org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, 
or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.